Hi, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of the Infrastructures Code podcast. My name is Ohad Maizlish, and I'm your host for today. You can follow me on uh, at DevOpsOhad at Twitter or X with its new name. And today we have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest. You probably uh, all heard about him already. Here he is, Anton Bambenko. Anton, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, Ohad. Yes, it's not very often when I attend podcast, but uh, since your podcast is called Infrastructure as Code, I must attend it. Exactly, exactly. If you Google Infrastructure as Code and you go to the tab images, you'll probably just see Anton Dobenko's images all over Google. But yeah, Anton is contributing to so many things around Infrastructure as Code. Uh, if you want a good advice, uh, just ask Anton. He has uh, amazing knowledge when it comes to infrastructure. It's called like a walking encyclopedia. So, uh, Anton, uh, not everybody still uh, knows about you. So, it would be great if you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, in reverse to infrastructure as code, uh, I started to become curious with these uh, things in uh, 2015, I guess. And then I discovered Terraform and uh, that's how I got into it. Uh, I always like to uh, contribute to some open source things and I like to produce some uh, things which other people uh, may benefit from. So I started working on Terraform AWS modules uh, in 2016 uh, or around that time, I already forgot. Uh, and then I figured out that it's uh, so much fun uh, to work on different open source projects. So I continue uh, exploring this and uh, developed many Terraform AWS modules and then uh, try to explain this to people so that they also get value from it. And uh, overall, I was spending a large amount of time in the open source. Uh, but as you can imagine, uh, getting paid for open source is pretty hard. Uh, though it is possible, uh, it is still pretty hard. So uh, that's why I have to uh, teach people and consult and sell hours um, to my customers, providing consultancy. And I'm yeah, sure you... Terraform AWS modules, and then later I transitioned into uh, serverless because it was fun. And uh, I figured out that uh, uh, this area in general was uh, very big, very cool, very exciting for me, but uh, there was nothing present uh, if you're using Terraform. And uh, that's how I started uh, Serverless TF project. And I'm still surprised that a lot of people uh, don't know how to do this. and. Uh, they still follow like official guidelines by HashiCorp or by AWS. And from day to day, they uh, say like, oh, it is hard or uh, why it is so bad, why this is not uh, implemented correctly. And then I need to explain to them like, guys, please go to serverless.tf, read it and use it and so on. So yeah, this is my project, which uh, uh, which is constantly missing uh, marketing part. I mean, so it we is, might uh, we might we, we might help you a little bit with that today. So if you didn't understand what uh, Anton said, 
By the way, he mentioned the word AWS so many times, uh, which uh, makes sense because he's an AWS community hero. He contributes so much to the AWS community. So yeah, speaking of AWS and infrastructure as code, Anton, among other project, has two very important initiatives around AWS and infrastructure as code. You can find that in GitHub. And by the way, just to clarify how uh, big of an influencer in the community Anton Babenko is, if you follow, if you go to Anton Babenko's GitHub page, you will see that he have he has more than four thousand followers, and that's. There's probably a good reason why so many people follow Anton. And today we're going to zoom in on AWS modules and serverless TF. So let's maybe start with AWS modules because that's like huge, huge helper for so many Terraform developers that just want to use AWS without using directly the resources. And they want to have like prepared modules for things like EKS, or RDS or VPC. Maybe before we talk about your project or uh, so many repos about AWS modules, for those who still don't know what the Terraform module is, can you please explain what the Terraform module is, Anton? Yeah, sure. Uh, my favorite explanation uh, of Terraform module is uh, uh, actually depending on who I'm talking to. Usually it is uh, software developers. Then the easiest explanation for people who are very new to Terraform, what is Terraform module, is a library. That's it. If you go to your favorite uh, uh, NPM or uh, RubyGems or any other uh, collection where you have other reusable libraries, that's exactly what we have Terraform registry for. So people can uh, download this piece of code, or start using it without actually understanding or learning or studying internals right away. So the biggest benefit is that people uh, can have a very good uh, starting point right away and they don't need to become an expert uh, and think like, oh my God, why this is so hard uh, or what should I do? Just keep using it uh, from day one. So that's how we started um, uh, with this uh, project uh, many years ago. Later, we figured out that um, there are quite a lot of companies who use these modules internally and they parameterize them uh, in a way that uh, these modules become uh, ready for some uh, compliance and some certifications. So that uh, people literally take these modules uh, parameterize certain things. Uh, so they wrap these modules uh, with their uh, things. For example, they enable encryption or they enable certain tagging or naming mechanisms and uh, they use those modules in-house. So I know uh, of many companies who took these modules and uh, they became uh, uh, certified or became ready for some compliance and specifically SOC 2 compliance and HIPAA compliance uh, right away. That's super interesting. So instead of doing whatever you want with infrastructure's code and potentially doing dangerous things that you didn't really uh, want your developers to do, you use modules, you uh, basically have a wrapper of what you can and cannot do 
And by allowing only specific uh, actions that are valid, you limit the chance of doing something wrong. And sounds like uh, this concept helps companies to achieve compliance like SOC 2 and HIPAA. That's, that's really amazing. Yeah, well, it's also important to understand that uh, what we provide in the open source in Terraform AWS Modules organization uh, is free to use for everyone. So we're mm -hmm. not limiting you from, uh, from doing uh, totally wrong things. <laughs> uh, most likely, if you don't know anything what you're doing, you will implement something uh, incorrectly. Uh, but uh, the key point here is that uh, all of our modules are not, uh, uh, well, not all, but most of our modules, I would say, are not wrapped on uh, one small resource, uh, like, for example, SQSQ, you may think, or SNS mm -hmm. notification. Uh, mm -hmm. We are usually wrapping many different things which are interconnected, like uh, VPC. VPC itself contains uh, not just of VPC. It contains subnet, routes, route tables, NAT gateways, and so on. So we are uh, wrapping all of this together and providing this uh, for other people uh, who will want to create a VPC with a bunch of different uh, parameters uh, specified. Yep. Yeah, so you save time and you basically enable the developers to use those resources with all the dependencies and the related resources that are attached or needed in order to operate the main resource that they uh, they wanted to. And, you know, I'm looking at the GitHub <coughs> page of the Terraform AWS modules, and this is super impressive for an open source. Just looking, for example, on the EKS, Terraform AWS EKS, the Kubernetes service for, uh, for AWS, it has close, this, this repo alone, not just not uh, the entire Terraform AWS modules, but this repo alone of uh, Terraform AWS EKS has close to 4,000 GitHub stars and more than 300 contributors. This is, this is super amazing. Are you... Uh, how, how do you work with this community of, uh, of great contributors to, uh, to your open source? Well, yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty cool uh, example. I just looked into inside of EKS alone, and uh, there were, or like in, in average during working days, uh, there are 80,000 uh, clones uh, per day of this repository alone through GitHub. So, of course, there are a lot of people who are cloning it uh, from their private uh, forks, uh, from their behind firewalls, uh, any other uh, ways. So, there are quite a lot of people who are using this stuff. Uh, EKS is uh, uh, probably one of not many modules where I deliberately don't put my uh, fingers into because it's such a big monster that uh, historically there were. Mm, I think four people uh, in total maintaining it uh, over a long period of time. So it's like uh, one year on average uh, per person. And now uh, Brian, who is uh, uh, also a core maintainer of uh, all other Terraform AWS modules, is uh, working for AWS and he is a container specialist. So what he does with this module is pretty much his full-time job. 
So oh, he wow. works at AWS, uh, helping customers and helping uh, AWS uh, to be um, uh, to be really effective with Terraform. And since we have uh, full control of what exactly we put into this module and how we develop it, he's able to implement features in very quick fashion, uh, answer uh, people questions and provide best practices. And really, he's the main guy behind uh, this EKS module, uh, at least for last year, maybe a year and a half, I don't remember. Uh, before that, uh, we had uh, other people maintaining it. Uh, I mean, when I say maintain it, it's not just uh, like merging any pull request. All of these people uh, who provide pull request uh, sometimes don't think about uh, peculiarities or different use cases. And very often when people contribute to the module, they are happy if the use case is implemented. And the job of maintainer, which is uh, which I, I think I understood pretty early on, is to be able to say no uh, and protect uh, as much as possible. Uh, so I, I, I can easily say that there were 50% of pull requests which never made into Terraform modules, mm -hmm. at least 50%, maybe even more. Uh, because uh, Some, people sometimes you need to be the bad cop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, uh, I think uh, it is really uh, important to be a bad guy and uh, tell to people that, uh, no, this is a bad solution. Please uh, think about it uh, more or implement it differently so that other people can benefit it. Uh, I hear quite a lot of frustration from people. Some people say it, uh, that uh, uh, I'm doing a bad job because uh, I tell them to... Uh, I just don't accept the pull request or the issues uh, are not uh, relevant because uh, well, because I didn't hit them. And in most cases, uh, I think that it is much better uh, to have smaller scope. Maybe not everything is implemented, but at least it's easy to work with it, easy to maintain. And what's most important is that uh, Terraform is not made for easy refactoring. So if we add something like, let's say, even if we add resource with a strange name and we merge it and we think everything is fine, then next time when we add uh, this, uh, so next time when the person uh, figure out and want to change it, it will be already breaking change. So we cannot just uh, accept everything and merge everything. Uh, that's why yeah. we have a lot of guidelines, uh, which is, well, still not written, but uh, me and Brian know them pretty well. So that's... Yeah, yeah. It's it's really impressive and uh, sounds like you you give a lot of uh, emphasis on on quality and not just accepting any any commit and any, any pull request and any issue. And with, uh, you know... Uh, you cannot argue with success, and the numbers of those uh, repos are uh, are amazing. But let's let's maybe try to to summarize, and maybe let let me ask you a very direct uh, question. If I am a Terraform developer and I use AWS, is there a good reason for me to use the AWS provider directly and not use prepared baked 
mature uh, AWS modules. Well, what do you think? What, 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 when should I use the modules? When should I use uh, directly the provider code? Well, if you are paid uh, per line written, then of course use resources. <laughs> if you are paid per hour, that's a, that's a good that's a good one. <laughs> but if you really want to get job done, uh, implement service, you you need to use. Uh, then the only thing which you will have to do is pretty much understand how this service work. Uh, so somehow educate yourself, probably go to AWS console, click around, just understand what kind of concepts are there. Then you need to look into example uh, of the module. We always include examples and we have uh, quite a lot of them uh, showing most of features um in different combinations so you will have to run these examples and uh, you will have to see uh, how things are configured like what kind of parameters uh, were specified and what kind of uh, end outputs you got so once you have this then you will have to implement or copy this uh, example into your configuration uh, if you use Terraform, uh, you pretty much can start with example right away. If you use Terragrant, uh, we provide uh, some wrappers uh, in many cases, but uh, in most cases, it's uh, not uh, really uh, complicated. And the second point, uh, like benefit, big benefit, is that as soon as you understand how to use at least one Terraform AWS module, uh, you will have zero problems understanding how to use another one. Because we always follow the same patterns, same principles, uh, same uh, connectivity patterns between uh, different modules. Uh, there are almost never dependencies between modules, uh, like inside of it. So all modules are uh, self-contained. They don't have any other external dependencies to other modules. You will have to specify it yourself. Um, yeah, in most cases, uh, starting from example and uh, understanding how AWS work is enough. It's you know it's amazing uh, to see how the world has changed and now you have everything baked and ready for let me say lazy. Uh, we are all lazy developers uh, to just use those baked and prepared modules, packages, libraries. What's not? I remember twenty something years ago, I wrote some code in the assembly, and uh, now let's uh, how the world has uh, has changed. Before we move to serverless TF, Anton, any words you want to say about the uh, Azure modules, Terraform modules, or GCP oh. uh, Terraform modules, uh, not just AWS? Uh, what 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 uh, what do you have to say about that? Oh yeah! Oh my God! Um, I don't remember. I have two people reached out to me recently, and they say like, "Oh, you know, there is uh, Azure CAF. I forgot what is CAF, uh, but it's like super module. The concept is called super module. It's cloud adoption framework for Azure." And when I looked at this stuff, I mean, two different people uh, reached out, and uh, I looked at this super module, and I was like, "Oh my God! AWS is." Uh, 20 years ahead comparing to this one. And the, uh, the strange part in uh, CAF for Azure, like there are two strange parts. First is that there are people using it. 
and they are not questioning that they are doing something totally wrong. And second is, uh, it's just so fun to see how people are struggling uh, with using it. So for those who don't know what is it, it's like super module is one module which implements all services at once. It's like all services on Azure. You can imagine what kind of complexity is there. Uh, so and people who reached out to me, they asked like, is this even the right pattern? And uh, I was like, uh, no, that's not the right pattern to use. Who, who is the maintainer? Is that officially by Azure or is uh, it something by the community? No, it's officially by, uh, uh, I guess it's officially by Azure. Yeah, it's officially Terraform super module for Terraform platform engineering for Azure. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, yeah, why I did mention this, I will not sleep today. It's just uh, one of the most complicated piece of uh, uh, software which I saw in, uh, yeah, in yeah, Terraform, I, at least for some I have time. to say, I have to say uh, what I like about Azure is, among other things, that they, they do realize uh, more and more that Terraform is relevant for Azure, not just ARM templates and BICEP. If uh, the audience is familiar, ARM, Templates is the equivalent of CloudFormation, but for Azure, and Bicep is a more HCL-based for, for Azure. Uh, so they created more and more support in for Terraform, like yeah. their project AZTFY that was released about a year ago to auto-generate Terraform from Azure. So they, they are definitely trying to to bring more value to, to yeah. Terraform developers. Well, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh hearing this statement at least for three, four years, that Azure is finally understanding that Terraform is here to stay. Come on, uh, things are not staying on the same place as it was three years ago or four years ago. We have moved uh, uh, quite far with uh, AWS modules. Yep, for sure. Um, and uh, when I see people struggling on Azure or even most frequently, they sometimes think that they're doing the right things because, uh, well, they don't look at uh, AWS and they just implement things themselves. And this is one of example where uh, it would be much easier if a company like Microsoft looked into what we have implemented in other places and uh, pretty much uh, steal everything what we did instead of coming up with totally new pattern uh, without taking into account that Terraform is not working uh, for super modules. I mean, yeah. it's, not, uh, it's not made for these kind of patterns. Of yeah, course, if yeah. you get it up and running, uh, we can help you with that if you want. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, end users yeah, but... are always suffering. And end users, uh, like in my case, reach out to me and say, like, we need to add small feature, which is like add a small integration between different resources, but we cannot figure out which file to even edit or like what oh, well, to even touch because it's so spaghetti. big. Spaghetti, so big spaghetti. It's interesting. Uh, like okay. in total is 169 Terraform files in one. Good luck to understand what's going on there. Got it, got it. Okay, so sounds like, back to my question about Azure and GCP, Sounds like uh, you like AWS and you like spending time around helping uh, AWS Terraform developers 
at least at least for the uh, near future. Speaking of AWS, no, I want to say about Google uh, one thing. I'm not a big expert on what Google is doing, but uh, to my mind, uh, Google at least is not uh, reinventing the wheel with patterns like uh, super module. Uh, they are doing very pragmatic things for many years. So they have customers, they have uh, uh, modules for services they have. They have very decent release process. They have even testing framework, uh, which they use across modules. So everything is very straightforward. I think the only problem which Google has is that they don't have enough uh, users, so they cannot cover really a very large amount of uh, um, of combinations. So one customer in AWS uh, open an issue, uh, it happens quite often. Uh, I read this issue and I think like, oh my God, what, what this person was even thinking about? Because his use case is sometimes from different planets. You know, it's like, it's valid use case, but it's something what I have never thought even about. it. With Google, mm -hmm. it's quite straightforward. There are less users, uh, high quality modules comparing yeah. to Azure. So things are much more uh, predictable. And I, I think it's really uh, the right way. Okay, yeah. good to know. And speaking of AWS, uh, if you're using Lambda and serverless uh, functions in, uh, in AWS, uh, basically there is the serverless framework by serverless uh, which uh, provisions the, the Lambda functions for you, but that's not Terraform. And if you use both Terraform and serverless, sometimes you're starting to have two different uh, frameworks that you need to maintain and different tools to uh, control those. Uh, so maybe there is a need for a good open source to do that, or maybe you can tell us about uh, serverless TF a bit more. Yeah, sure. Uh... Well, what is it? Yeah, more than two years ago, I was uh, looking into, uh, I was using uh, serverless on AWS, using serverless framework. Uh, and uh, that time I was like, okay, I'm doing something what I should not be doing. Specifically, mm -hmm. I was spending time maintaining plugins, uh, fixing something in JavaScript because plugins were written in JavaScript. And I was doing uh, a lot of things which I don't want to do. And since all of my infrastructure uh, was described using Terraform, it was quite natural for me to, uh, uh, to think about uh, what are the ideal scenario, like how I would implement this using Terraform and uh, uh, using different tools. So I realized that uh, there are at least uh, three different um, types of tools which I need to utilize. Something like a serverless application framework, like serverless framework itself. And then I need to do something with the infrastructure, uh, let's say to create VPC or to create some security groups, whatever. And uh, then I need to do something with the application. Uh, I need to somehow orchestrate the deployment I need to write some shell script, make file, and maybe use uh, some AWS services to do that. And it, overall, it was a lot of different tools and a lot of moving parts. So I thought, uh, since I already use everything with Terraform and I have a, a pretty good uh, process around it, 
uh, it was natural for me to uh, put Terraform in the middle and use Terraform for really comprehensive infrastructure management and uh, performing deployment of these serverless applications as well. So everything is just Terraform files. Yep. And uh, I already had quite a lot of uh, Terraform AWS modules available uh, by that time, but there were no modules uh, for serverless. So uh, I developed uh, AWS Lambda uh, function module, which is uh, really uh, pretty much standard nowadays, I would say. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I don't, I don't know. At least uh, other big projects uh, people use to deploy Lambda, uh, and not just Lambda, but also Lambda policies. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, authorizers or uh, who can invoke it? What Lambda can do? What kind of integration it can have? Like a lot of different uh, resources. Uh, so this became part of uh, AWS Lambda module, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, then I deploy. I developed uh, some other uh, serverless uh, modules for AppSync, for Event Bridge, for Step Function, for API Gateway, and for uh, well, for some other components which are typically used uh, with serverless. Lambda. DynamoDB database or Aurora serverless. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, overall, I was using it since uh, approximately April 2021. And I start to uh, kind of popularize this idea that Terraform is good uh, tool and you can use it for more than just your traditional uh, resources, use it with serverless. And uh, yeah, so far, um, I know quite a lot of people use it already. Uh, one of the benefits, uh, as I have heard from people, is that uh, they would like to stick to Terraform. And if you stick to Terraform, you don't need to bring uh, half of uh, internet uh, on developer's laptop when they run NPM install, because it will be just uh, uh, Terraform init, and it will download AWS provider, and that's it. Yep, makes sense. Awesome. Uh, Anton, it was a great pleasure uh, having an expert like you today on the show. Uh, not just an expert, a great contributor to the open source community, especially around AWS, especially around Terraform. So if uh, somebody in the audience thinks about AWS or Terraform, you should uh, think about what Anton Babenko has to say about uh, about that topic, your uh, project with the AWS modules is so impre so impressive. Such big community and also serverless TF, very great initiative. Anton, thank you so much for uh, joining today uh, on our episode, and that's a wrap for for today. I am Ohad Meislish, and if you like uh, this episode, feel free to follow us. Uh, at uh, the infrastructure, the IEC podcast, uh, or visit our website at uh, theicpodcast.com. Thank you so much, Anton, and have a great day, everybody. Thank you very much, Anton.